0: You know, we all have something in common in life, and that is that we all want a better life. Now, maybe you're not super desperate, like, please give me a better life. My life is so miserable. I want to trade lives with anyone. If that's you, we're glad you're here today. But more likely, you would just like to make some improvements. You would like a better life one way or another. I doubt there's anyone in this room that would raise their hand and say, I would like a worse life. Give me a worse life. I will take one for the team. I will have the worse life. Nobody wants that, right? We all want a better life somehow. And if we're honest, most of us think that money would give us a better life. If we had a little bit more money, our life would be better. We would be able to pay our bills without worrying if we were going to be able to get groceries for our kids. We would be able to pay off some of the credit card debt or the tuition. We'd be able to buy a new car, a new house, a bigger TV, whatever, right? We think that there's something we can buy that's going to make us feel better. Oftentimes, products are marketed with that concept in mind. If you buy this, your life will be better. Your life will be better easier and we buy into that and and we go out and we buy some item and then it works for a little bit we're really happy about that item for a month or two and after a while the novelty of it kinda wears off right and now it's just whatever we don't care about that product as much anymore and we're left with that feeling inside us like there's still something we're missing something we've gotta get and so we go out and buy something else right we do this with a new car when you get a new car for the first couple months You're really excited about that car. Every time you go to drive it, it's got that new car smell, and you're really happy about it. And then, after a few months, it's not really new and special anymore. It's just your car. We do that with a big screen TV, right? We get a really, really big screen TV, and it's awesome to watch stuff on it for a little bit. And after a while, it's just your TV. It's just normal. There's nothing special about it anymore, and we're still left with that void. Now, some of us don't try to fill this void in ourselves with material possessions. Sometimes we do it with people, relationships. We think, if I had a spouse, my life would be better. Man, if I had a different spouse, my life would be better, right? And some of us do it with other things. We all have different things that we think, man, if if I had that, my life is going to be better, because inside all of us, is this feeling like there's something missing. Like there's got to be something more in life, something that I don't have that's going to give my life more meaning, going to give me more joy and more peace, that's going to make my life better. There's something out there that I don't have. And so we spend our days trying to find it and searching and trying to fill that void inside our heart because we all have this yearning for a better life. That there's something more to all of this. And there's a story I want us to look at today. And it it happened a long time ago. And there's only two main characters in this story. One of them is Jesus. And one of them is a woman who is desperately searching for a better life. And we find this story in the book of John, chapter 4. And it starts in verse 3. And it says, so Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Now, I want to stop there and point out a few things. It says uh, in verse 4 that Jesus had to go through Samaria on his journey to Galilee. And that's kind of true, but that's also kind of not true. Okay, here's a map of of what it looked like at this time. And Jesus is in Judea, which is the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. Okay, Jesus is down there, and he's trying to go all the way to the top of the screen, to the top of the map where it says Galilee. And so, the shortest distance would be to travel straight north, and that would make him go through Samaria. But at this day and time, people who were from Judea and people who were from Samaria did not like each other, they didn't talk to each other, so much so that Jews, like Jesus, were not supposed to go into Samaria. It wasn't a place you traveled to, it wasn't a place you traveled through. You were supposed to avoid it at all costs. And so what Jesus is really supposed to do, what the norm for him in this situation would be for him to travel east, cross over the Jordan River, and then travel up north on the east side of the river, and then cross back over the river and end up in Galilee. He was supposed to go around the entire area of Samaria. But Jesus doesn't do that. It says in the scriptures that he had to go through Samaria. and We know that he didn't really have to. Because he really wasn't supposed to but I believe Jesus had to because he was on a mission a mission to meet this Samaritan woman who's longing for something more in life and so Jesus is on his journey and it's hot and he's tired so he takes a rest at a well And at first, this seems pretty normal. It's hot outside. He's been walking a lot, traveling. He's tired. He needs water. It makes sense to stop at a well. But I'm willing to bet that Jesus could have stopped at a different well before that. And I'm willing to bet he could have made it a little bit farther and went to a different well. But Jesus knows that this Samaritan woman is coming to this well today at noon. And Jesus wants to make sure that he's there. So he stops and he waits for her. Who is this woman that Jesus would wait on her? Who's this woman that the king of kings would wait for her? Well, we know that she is a woman. In this day and time, if you are a woman, and, and, and we have a Jewish man, Jesus, you were, would not associate with that woman. You wouldn't speak to her in public. Men weren't even supposed to speak to their own wives in public, only in private. So you definitely wouldn't speak to a woman who's not your wife. Okay, we know that she's a Samaritan. And we know that Jews and Samaritans don't associate with each other. So that's another reason that Jesus shouldn't be talking to her. We know that this woman is an outcast within her own community. We know this because she's going to the well by herself, and it's noon. Typically, women would get up early in the morning and go to the well as a group, or they would go late at night as a group to avoid being out in the heat to gather the water for their family. But this woman is going to the well by herself in the middle of the day when it's hot out. So we know that she's an outcast. We know that this woman has a not-so-altogether life. She has a very shameful past. In fact, she has been married five different times and is now with a sixth guy who she's not married to. And that plays into the reason that she's an outcast within her own community. Her own people look down on her because of these decisions. And we know, most importantly, that this woman is yearning... For a better life. She knows that there's something out there in this world that she's missing that can make her life better. So we pick up the story in verse 9, and it says The Samaritan woman said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew, The gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is really deep. Where can you get this living water? Verse 13, Jesus answers, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, "Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water." So throughout this conversation, Jesus does something that he is really, really good at. He takes a conversation about a physical need, the need for water each day, and he turns the conversation into a spiritual one. So much so, she, he's so good at this that the woman doesn't even pick, on, pick up on the idea that this conversation has switched from physical to spiritual. Jesus is saying, yes, physically you need water. Every day you have to get up, you have to get a bucket, you've got to go to the well, and you have to get water for you and your family. But spiritually, we make the same decision every day. Spiritually, inside of us, we're thirsty. There's something missing deep in our heart." Deep in our soul, something that we know is out there somewhere that we're supposed to have that's going to make our life better. And so each day, this woman goes out into the world, which is the well. The well represents the world in this spiritual part of the conversation. She goes out into the world knowing that there's something better at this well out here for her. And she picks a bucket, a method. The bucket represents the method or the idea, the thing that you think is going to improve your life. And she does this over and over in her life, thinking that there's something in the world that's going to make her life better. And the bucket, the method, that she thinks is going to improve her life is relationships. She is a fan of the relationship bucket. Okay? She thinks that if she has the right relationship, it's going to make her life better. And so she chooses the relationship bucket. And she goes out to the world, to the well, and fills it up with spouse number one. She gets husband number one, and it doesn't work out. And so she goes to husband number two. She keeps her relationship bucket. She goes out to the world. She still thinks this is the thing she's missing, and it doesn't work. And so she goes to husband number three, and so on and so forth. So much so that she keeps doing it over and over again because she thinks that is the thing that's going to make her life better. And Jesus is saying to her, you are are going to the wrong well. You are using the wrong bucket. Anyone who drinks of that will still be thirsty, but if you would come to me, I would give you living water. And she realizes that this is true, that if she goes with Jesus, if she starts following Jesus, then her life is going to be better. And so she starts following Jesus because following Jesus will make your life better. Now, all of us are pretty similar to the Samaritan woman. We all think that there's something out there that we're missing, something in the world that we don't have, but if we had it, man, we would have a better life. Things would be better for us. And so we pick a bucket, we pick a method that we think is going to get us that better life. And maybe you're just like her, and you use the relationship bucket. And you think, man, if I just had a spouse, if I just had a different spouse, that would make my life so much better. And so you try to use this bucket, and you know what, yeah, a spouse does make your life better. If it's a healthy marriage, it's gonna make your life better, but it doesn't fulfill the deepest desires and needs of your heart and your soul. There's still something missing on a spiritual level. And you realize that this bucket doesn't really work. And so you decide, okay, I'm not gonna use that bucket. I better use a really, really big bucket, because I think if I just had more stuff, my life would be better. Man, if I had a bigger house, if I had a higher salary, if I made more money, if I had a better car, if I had the newest iPhone, if I had more clothes and more shoes, man, everything would be great. My life would be so much better if I just had more stuff, more, more, more stuff my life's gonna be better. And you realize pretty quick that that doesn't work, right? That doesn't work out to just have more stuff. It doesn't just make your life better. So you give up on that, and you go with a different bucket. You think this is the bucket. This bucket, man, if I spend enough time in this bucket, my life's gonna get better. I'm gonna have a better life if I can just spend a lot of time in this bucket. And we all know where that ends up, right? you don't actually get a better life from this. Maybe for a night you forget that you don't have a bad life or you don't like something about your life. But in the end, this doesn't lead to a better bucket. So you give up on that and you say, okay, I'll go to this bucket. I'll try out this bucket. If I spend enough time in this bucket, I will feel better. I'm going to have a better life. And you know what? There's some truth in this one. If you're having a bad day, this bucket can make you feel pretty good for that moment, right? But as soon as the bucket's empty it's over. It doesn't fulfill the deepest desires of your spirit and the deepest desires of your heart. It it leaves you empty. How many buckets are you going to go through before you realize that the problem is not that you need a better bucket? It's that you're going to the wrong well the well that's in the world, the things that are in the world that tell us that this thing out there will make our life better, it all leaves you empty still. Jesus says anyone who drinks from these buckets will still be thirsty. But anybody who drinks from me and gets living water will never thirst. It will fill them up. It will satisfy their deepest needs. And so we have to make a choice. What's going to be the thing that fills us up? Where are we going to go to? Which well are we going to go to to fill us up? And Jesus says, if you would just come and get living water from me, you would be satisfied. Now, this isn't a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You get living water from him, and the rest of your life, you're satisfied and perfect and ready to go. It's a daily thing. The way to get living water from Jesus is to have a daily personal relationship with him. That means each day, instead of picking one of these buckets up and going to the world, you are instead going to Jesus. You're having an ongoing conversation with him throughout your whole day, at work, at school, at home. It means spending time with him in his word and allowing him to speak to you through it. It means having a prayer time, a time where you block out all other distractions, even if that's five minutes or three minutes, and you just talk with him one-on-one and you connect with him. If you do that each day, you will receive living water for that day. And at the end of the day, you won't feel that emptiness, that loneliness that comes from all these other buckets. Instead, you'll have living water. And you'll end up having a deeper sense of joy in life. You'll end up having a deeper sense of peace in life. And you'll end up having a passion and a purpose in life. And that's why following Jesus will make your life better. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for this story of your son Jesus and the Samaritan woman. We thank you that um, we're able to read it and relate to her, her need for a better life. We have that same need. And we know that we have spent a lot of time searching through this world, trying to fill up that need with other things, and hopefully today we've come to realize that the only thing that can satisfy us on a spiritual level is you, having a personal relationship with your son Jesus. So I ask you to help all of us this week to focus on that and to go to you each day to receive living water. It's in your son's name we pray, amen.